I am Lights Camera Jackson. This is a new episode of the LCJ Q&A podcast. Thanks for listening. You can also read these interviews at animationscoop.com. He co-directed one of the funniest animated movies of the 2000s, Open Season, and then co-directed The Box Trolls, which was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. His new animated movie is The Monkey King on Netflix, August 18th. It's terrific. Anthony Stacci joins me here on the podcast. Anthony, so good to see you. Hi, good to see you too. Congratulations on the movie. And and before we get into Monkey King, uh, can you believe it's been almost nine years since the box trolls when we last spoke? That's amazing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of weird, a lot of weird little TV commercials and stuff in between. But um, yeah, it took a while to get back onto another feature. But you're here and you did work on uh, some other stop motion animated films like Missing Link and Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. What a year that movie had. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Always go back and forth. Sometimes directing, sometimes just storyboarding, um, always pitching and trying to develop stuff. Yeah, it's the life of an animator. (laughs) You've lived a great life for sure. What inspired you after doing several movies in stop motion to get back into CG? Um, You know, originally I was trained as a as a 2D animator, as a traditional animator at CalArts. So I've kind of done every kind of animation there is. For years, I did TV commercials at, at studios in San Francisco that did a lot of mixture of stuff. So I've never I've never been in one area uh, for too long. I worked with Henry Selleck for a while in the Bay Area on stop motion projects. So I really loved stop motion and always wanted to get back into it. Um, and when the opportunity to come up here to Oregon where I still live and work at Leica came along, I jumped. Uh, but I but I'd done CG before and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. This new Monkey King movie, which I screened back in June. It was nice. Netflix uh, said it pretty early. Oh, that's great. Yes. And it is so action packed. It's very entertaining. It's quite a story. And and it's it's got this action rivalry, the Monkey King versus the Dragon King. But there's also this core relationship as well. Tell everybody right. a little bit about what they can expect from the Monkey King. Uh, when uh, when I first met Palin, uh, Ch- uh, Palin Chow, our producer back in, um, oh, what was it, back in 18, you know, about four years ago, the um, uh, she had uh, been developing the project for a while. And I had tried to develop it at other studios and always could never get it started. Uh, the story was always considered uh, uh, culturally too difficult. The Monkey King is too unlikable. The story is too complicated. Usually that was the note. Story so even though it had been made into movies many times in Asia, it had never been made at a Western studio. So that was always a note. When I met Pei Lin, one of the great ideas they had was to make this movie be the first time that Monkey had interacted with humans. And they had introduced this character, this little girl, Lin, which I loved. And you know, the more we worked on it, the more I thought that was a great way into the movie for a Western audience who didn't know anything about the mythology. And I also really liked her character. And then uh, uh, Jolie Hong Rappaport, the actress who played her, it just grew in the telling that you get this great little girl as a foil for sort of the greatest anti-hero in history, the Monkey King, who's such an arrogant, selfish, stubborn jerk. You meet this little girl through sheer obstinacy and being stubborn himself. You know, he's got all the superpowers in the world. She's got nothing. And she has to go up against him to to save her village. Uh, And it just seemed like a great idea to bring the rest of the world into this character and into this this amazing mythology. 
the dynamic between the two characters is fantastic. And the voice performances, including Jimmy O. Yang, who voices yes. Monkey King, who also led Rally Road Racers earlier this year, another terrific animated movie. He's great. He brings a lot to it. He he grew up uh, with the Monkey King story, with the Journey to the West, the original tale. Uh, so he knew it really well when we first met. He also has this perfect balance in his voice to play Monkey, who in our story since it is a sort of Monkey King origin story, he's a little bit of an adolescent monkey. He's such a jerk that finding the right voice for him so you're willing to spend the whole movie with such an arrogant character, Jimmy did a great job of making him approachable and likable despite the fact that he's such an ass. Yes, yes, he does a fantastic job. And what's really cool about this movie is the grand entrance that the Monkey King has, this origin story. It's one of the coolest, kind of boldest character entrances for a lead character in an animated movie that I've seen in a long time. How much focus did you really want to put into that? Our main focus all the way through the story, especially with working with our sort of monkey journey to the West guru, Stephen Chow, who's the executive producer, legendary Hong Kong film director, was how to tell the most authentic version of Journey to the West that we could and still make it comprehensible to a Western audience and at the same time bring to it new elements like Lin and like the fact that Monkey's legendary fighting stick is actually anthropomorphized in the story, is a speaking character. How right. could we bring all those elements to the story um, so for an, uh, an audience that's familiar with the story, there's something new. And for an audience unfamiliar, you know, can understand what's going on. And the beginning, the beginning of the movie is very much the beginning of the folktale. The folktale begins with the birth of Monkey. The first seven or eight chapters of Journey to the West are Monkey King's origin story. So we focused on that is to introduce it and Stephen uh, Stephen thought that was an interesting way to do it. He thought it was a great way to introduce the character. Um, but he mostly was very protective of other stuff. Is Monkey, the original book that even when I read it, you know, 20 years ago, what I, what the first impression it made is how really funny it is and what the tone is, is, is really modern and stuff. So I always thought it would be a great story for an animated film. Stephen's emphasis was not to forget that ultimately it's a spiritual journey. He didn't want us to lose that idea that monkey's journey from an obnoxious, you know, born into this world, an obnoxious superhero powered monkey to becoming an enlightened being by the end of the journey to the West is something we didn't want to lose. He wanted to keep the spiritual element of Buddha being in the story. He wanted to keep monkeys obnoxious personality arcing through the story. So he wanted to make sure that we didn't turn it into a version where Monkey becomes a completely a good character. This is only the first chapter in his story. This is his first steps on his spiritual journey. So protecting that, keeping that beginning of the story, which is very magical, and, and keeping the presence of all, as many of the gods as possible, and, and keeping his his argument with Buddha and his fight with Buddha. And all of those were exactly the elements. Every time you would try to pitch this movie to a Western studio and get it started, that's where they would go. I don't understand what's going on. There's too much religion. Monkey's too unlikable. It's always what kept it out of production at every other studio I tried to pitch it to. And it was, uh, it's really, it's really the dedication of Palin and Stephen Chow and all the folks who were on it before I even got there, that the film ever got made. 
Yeah, and a home like Netflix that supports this yes. movie so, yeah. so well. You are so right that the spiritual themes come through. And here's one of the other big themes that I got out of the movie. It, it's about acceptance. And it's about outsiders trying to be let in and other people trying to let in outsiders. And, and I think that theme really comes through about does the Monkey King want to have another friend in his life? Do these other characters want to have friends and companions in their lives? And that theme, I think, is really going to hit home for families. Yeah. Um, it's often said that, like, every generation has its own monkey, that it's always inspired by the Monkey King from Journey to the West. But every generation has a need for a hero who stands up to authority figures, who fights his way in even when he's resisted, even when people tell him no, he's not going to hear no for an answer. Um, he's often really obnoxious about it, incredibly arrogant and stuff. That's why he was a perfect character for Lynn to me. Lynn is, I think, I think is really unique in, in sort of young female characters. She comes into the movie with a goal to do something special in the world, do something, to make something out of her life. And she sees that. Now, it is attached to wanting to do something to help her village, It's, but it's not weighted in uh, pressures from her family. She's not an orphan or anything. Now, her family doesn't come in with it. She desires to make a difference in the world, to make something out of her life. And she doesn't have superpowers. She doesn't have it. And Monkey wants to do a very similar thing. So it's the perfect meeting of these two characters a completely powerless little girl and the most powerful being in the world and she's got to convince him to help her uh, we always talked about it it's a lot like a movie like true grit or something like this where this little girl character has to convince this powerful figure to help her to get what she wants and it, she's only got her own resourcefulness to fall back on yeah i just watched some of the original true grit for the first time recently okay. the Glenn Campbell. <laughs> Amazing performances in that film. Oh, Anthony, yeah, Anthony Stachy's here with me on the LCJ Q&A podcast. The Monkey King is on Netflix Friday, August 18th. The action sequences in this film are unbelievable. They move at lightning speed. What are the challenges of getting into action scenes that have such pace like these two? The, uh, well, you know, storyboarding and animation allows you to make it one frame at a time. But we were especially blessed um, we talked to Stephen Chow, who's, who always has great action sequences in his movie. And we asked for uh, a choreographer that he thought would work well. And he interest, introduced us to Si Wei Zhao, who's a great choreographer that Stephen Chow works with. Um, and that sounded great. And, and we storyboarded sequences first. We had um, our own storyboard artists who had done martial arts and stuff before. So we boarded him and then we'd show them to Stephen. He would go, Okay, not bad. Let's talk to Seaway. And I didn't know it when we first met Seaway, but he has a history in Peking Opera, um, which is a really ornate way of moving, you know, a mixture of dance and martial arts. We had been using Peking Opera as an inspiration for our character designs before and some of our posing. Seaway is actually uh, does that, does that as well as being a martial arts choreographer. And then we discovered halfway through that he's also a really talented 2D animator. So he's he's got all the tools. So we would send him our storyboarded sequences, which were edited 
with poses that had all the story beats. There's five distinctive uh, martial arts sequences in the movie. They're very much like a love story. You know, Monkey and Stick have a meet cute at the beginning of the movie where they meet at the Dragon King's Palace. And then they have battles where they go from being having just met and not being able to fight together very well to later fighting a hundred demons and being an absolute perfect team like, you know, Fred Astaire and and Ginger Rogers' team are fighting together. And then Lynn joins the team, and they don't work together very well. And then at the end of the movie, there's the ultimate fight. Seaway would take every one of our storyboard sequences, draw over the top of them, and make suggestions for gags, all the while making sure the story beats and the character beats inside the fighting sequences were still there. And he was great. He would make the poses much more authentic and tighter, and he would give great suggestions on timing. And we'd send the sequences back and forth. The whole movie was made on Zoom. He worked from Beijing. And he not, you know, no three people on these phone calls spoke the same languages. So there was many translators from Cantonese to English to Mandarin and back uh, on these three o'clock in the morning phone calls where Seaway would run us through the, the, the re-storyboarded sequences. And then he would meet with the animators. We would have big Zoom calls with all the animators up in Montreal, where he would walk through the posing and he would talk about it. We would get somebody to translate it. It was it was fascinating to watch and really fun because he's a, he's a very talented individual and really, really charming. That's amazing. All the work that has gone into this. Wow. And, and there's so many great set pieces in the movie and the clouds. The clouds look beautiful. Is <laughs> challenging is it to animate clouds or sequences with the Buddha and, and with other characters? Kyle McQueen, um, very early on, uh, you know, stories in animation, as you know, they go through a lot of changes. And there was an earlier version of it that uh, was much more inspired by Chinese brush painting. And that inspiration stayed in the movie and the look of the film all the way through. So really, you know, if you know anything about Chinese brush painting, it's very atmospheric um, with clouds and fogs and a little bit the effect you get with with dry brush on rice paper, but wet on wet brush. It's it's very, very elegant, and beautiful. So we use that for the inspiration of creating heaven, uh, for the ink stained version of hell and for Buddha's appearances in the big climactic storm at the end and stuff. So that's, yeah, that's Kyle and the great folks at Real Effects in Montreal who, who figured out how to do our cloud sims. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Uh, I feel like this movie is going to be an experience for families and for young kids watching it at home. I also think it's uh, playing in a theater in Los Angeles for yes. some showings, which is awesome. So before we go, Tony, I wanna ask you, because I think this is going to be such an experience for families, what is the animated movie that gave you that awe-inspiring experience when you were younger, you wanted to get into this business, you were awed by what you saw on the screen? What's the animated movie that gave you that? Oh, there's so many animated films. Uh, for me, my hero all the way through animation, I mean, the film that inspired me the most when I was a kid was King Kong, of course, where you, you just the beautiful, the original, of course, yeah. and is where you're looking at it and you're like, am I awake? Am I dreaming or am I watching a movie? It's such a strange experience, such a magical experience. You know, where you love monster movies after that. You love, you know, the, the handmade quality of the effects, the, the Willis O'Brien effects and stuff. So King Kong was my gateway drug for cinema and, and for films. But my hero is a Russian animator named Yuri Norstein who a lot of your animation fans, people will know, he made a film called Tale of Tales and Hedgehog in the Fog. 
in their cutout animation done on multiplane. And oh. they're just gorgeous and super immersive little folktale feeling movies that I loved. And everything, you know, when I saw those, when I first got to school at CalArts, they were the movies that made me fall in love with the animation. And they were a little bit of mixture of all kinds. They were a little bit like stop motion. They were a little bit like very live action looking imagery and stuff. They're just incredibly beautiful. So if anybody has a chance who hears this, look up Yuri Norstein. Uh, you can see clips of his stuff on YouTube and stuff. And he's, he's my animation hero, along with Frederick Bach, who's another Canadian animator, made The Man Who Planted Trees and Crack. The, these are mostly film festival films, short films and stuff, but they're absolutely gorgeous. Nice. Very nice. And I think so many kids and people getting into animation are going to look at your movies when it comes to the story, the comedy, the drama and, and the visuals and be inspired as well with with what you've done. Anthony Stacci, the director of The Monkey King. It's on Netflix August 18th. Check it out. I think it's going to be a big hit. Thank you so much for your time today here on the LCJ Q&A podcast. Thank you. I am Lights Camera Jackson. For all of these episodes, go to Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, as well as lights-camera-jackson.com. And don't forget to read these interviews at animationscoop.com. Thanks for listening to the LCJ Q&A.